Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here on a breaking news podcast. It is Tuesday morning coming off of Memorial Day weekend. Danny Brams and we have shocking news. MAR sacked. No longer a part of Charlotte FC. Couldn't believe it when I woke up this morning. Could you? No, John, I couldn't. It got me out of bed, though, <laughs> for sure. You're doing sort of your morning scrolling as you're trying to drag yourself into the waking world, and this one kicked me right in the ass and uh, got me going this morning. I've been reacting and taking in reactions and trying to figure out how I feel ever since, basically. We watched the match on Sunday night, late Sunday night. Charlotte FC loses 2-1 to one on the road to Seattle, gives up two goals in the second half after taking a 1-0 lead, thanks to Ben Bender. But hey, at this point, that game feels uh, like it, it is weeks ago after the stunning news this morning that David Tepper and Zorin, the sporting di- director, Zorin Cronetta, um, who is scheduled to speak this afternoon. We'll have an epi- another episode later for you as this story develops, um, after we hear from MAR, after we hear from Zoran, after we hear from David Tepper, who you know did in a release today, um, spoke specifically about it. Let me just read this real quick, Danny Brams. Well, while you read it, you call it up to read it. I'm just going to, I can give you a little preview. Put on your favorite 98 Degrees track from... Uh, summer of 99 and uh the hardest thing he's ever had to do poor little dave tepper you know i'm not gonna i'll spare the audience the singer so the singing on an uh a breaking news podcast like this one but yeah he that's what he basically said is oh firing mar is just the hardest thing i've ever had to do uh, this is a quote difficult decision but one we feel is best for the team at this time said David Tepper, quote, I want to thank Miguel and his staff for their hard work during our first season and wish them the best in their future endeavors. Just one note here. Uh, Christian Latanzio will serve as interim head coach for the remainder of the 2022 season. Um, He was an assistant coach uh, on this squad. So we can dive into what that means and what things mean tactically. And there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this story. But first and foremost, I I want to be clear that this is an abject failure. And this news this morning has proven that Charlotte FC's launch as an expansion franchise is a failure. Year one, whatever happens from here on out, sure. Okay, if this team goes on a run, if it gets into the playoff spot, if it hosts a playoff game, like their mission statement said, if any of that happens at this point, I will be floored. Maybe even more shocked than I was this morning. Because if you've listened to this podcast, what you've what you've heard is that not only do I believe that MAR is a good football manager, I think he's a great leader. And I think <laughs> there was a leadership problem within the building. Uh, I think... When David Tepper and when Zoran Cronetta looked at Miguel Angel Ramirez, they were threatened by him. Uh, they were concerned about what he said to the media, especially going back to his preseason comments about the team being screwed, uh, especially some of that pressure that we talked about putting um, his pressure on the front office to bring in new signings, to bring in players. Uh, no matter what happens from here on out, you can look back at the, the first quarter of the season in Charlotte FC's history and say it led to 
a sacking of a coach, and in my mind, that leads to one word, Danny Brams, and it's failure. And I think that's really sad. Yeah, and it's not about Christian Latanzio. We there will be our time to rally behind him and get going for the future of this club. We aren't discounting that. That time will come. But this is a reaction podcast, and we're just reacting to the news as it came. And we have to address what happened here. It's a failure. The what makes it such a compound failure, obviously, is the fact that it's the latest in a long line of departures from the organization. Tom Glick, Mark Nichols, Nick Kelly, all walking away, and now Miguel Angel Ramirez. You figure he's it, from all the language, <clears throat> from the language that Dave Tepper uses in that statement. It's clear this wasn't any type of sudden misconduct thing. It doesn't appear to be any type of behind the scenes bad bad deeds so we can pretty much rule that out and that lets us go forward with the analysis of what was it and then you start your mind starts to speculate and you think okay a guy who's willing to stand in front of a microphone and say uh estoy uh, estoy <laughs> right now i'm screwed with my team you know like uh that is not someone who's going to hold back his 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 tongue or his big mouth in behind closed doors in an office setting either. He's going to tell his bosses and the higher ups in the organization, what he thinks at all times, you got to figure. And probably that wears on someone like Dave Tepper, who, you know, Dave, as, as we christened him, uh, our good friend, Matt Gesling christened, christened him on this podcast in an earlier episode. Dave probably doesn't like being talked back to. He's a super rich guy who by all accounts is all about business and not really about <clears throat> emotion and personal lives and things like that. And probably just feels like when something is becoming enough of a nuisance and enough of an annoyance, you just, you just rip that bandaid off and, and cut it out of your organization from his perspective. More reaction is just flowing in from, from across us soccer circles. Uh, one of the voices on United States soccer, one of the voices on MLS, somebody that we saw, uh, on Church Street just a few months ago. Taylor Twelman chimed in. Uh, Love TT. Love you, TT. Come on the show. <laughs> uh, he says, the carousel quote of front office personnel constantly leaving Charlotte FC is not good for a league where stability has been the success factor. Ramirez was at odds on new signings and where they should come from. However, they were punching above their weight. No? Hashtag MLS. So, that, I think, leads us to an important part of this discussion. Danny Brams. We're heading into an international break. Charlotte FC, yes, gets bounced out of the U.S. Open Cup. Charlotte FC loses on the road at Seattle after holding a 1-0 lead. They're out of the playoff spots. Did MAR do a good enough job? Would he still be the coach today if you were the owner of this franchise? Yes, he would be, to answer your question. Results-wise, I think it's fair to say that some of us optimists in the club fan base have been a little disappointed to be sitting here with a losing record and outside of the playoff positions at this point. But from a wider perspective and certainly a national point of view, most people would agree with Taylor. In the quote that you just said, Charlotte's punching above their weight. I saw that exact phrasing used more than once. Taylor used it and others used it as well. Uh Taylor's a really high-profile voice out there, kind of bewildered at, at this, at what's going on. Another guy that we saw on Twitter that was a great reaction, 
that is a little lower profile to the wider world, but is well-known and well-respected inside soccer circles. Tom Bogert says, Charlotte parted ways with MAR this morning. Absolutely no clue why. You know, and then he goes on to list the, the, the departures in another tweet. And it's like, people that have an eye on this club have said that the best thing we have going for us is the style. They've been impressed with Ramirez's ability to get more out of these players and create an identity that we have. And I'm comparing it to someone like Josh Wolf, who just floundered uh, all over his face, multiple matches last season, coaching Austin FC as an expansion side was given all the patience in the world. Again, I, this is the multiple times I keep citing Austin FC, but they are the most recent expansion before us. And he was given Wolf was given chances despite failures on the pitch, <clears throat> despite embarrassments on the pitch. And now he's coaching one of the hottest teams in the league because he was imparting a style and, and doing his thing. I would have thought Miguel would have had a little more time to cook. I want to keep those reactions coming in, of course. Uh, James Paul Perez, one of our TIFOs, tremendous friends of the show, uh, tweets us and says, After the initial shock was worn off a bit, my biggest thought is as supporters, we have to keep our support and passion for the team going strong. June 11th versus New York Red Bulls needs to be the loudest game of the year. Hashtag for the crown and the reason why i wanted to bring this up and by the way please tweet us your thoughts at for the crown baby on twitter at john hayes on air on twitter as well and at danny brams you can talk to us there about this shocking news um, out of uptown charlotte this morning on tuesday coming off of a beautiful memorial day weekend coming off of a match on the road where at halftime you thought this might be it and it's it's crazy to me to think about just how thin of a patch of ice MAR must have been on if he's sitting there at one nothing in the second half. If that result holds, are we having this discussion this morning? No. No. Right? I mean, there's there's no way that he is getting sacked after beating Seattle on the road and securing the, fir- the team's first ever r- road win. And I'm starting to think maybe that is what this has come down to. You know, if, if, if you if you really want me to put a, a critical lens on MAR, which I've held off on doing because I believe the roster is inferior. And I've told you on this show many times, Danny Brams, I've said, why are there people in this organization, around this organization, supporters who are unwilling to say that the other team was just better? And that's how I felt after the U.S. Open Cup match on the road at New York Red Bulls. At the end of that match, I said, New York is just better. At the end of the Montreal match, I said, Montreal is just better. They have a better roster, and sometimes that will just win you soccer matches. So uh, when I'm critically thinking about MAR and and the job that he's done, I I thought that he took an inferior roster, and he got – as, as much out of him as, as he could, but he never got that three points on the road. And I think ultimately we can come up with all this speculation about the disagreement in the front office, about his willingness to be outspoken. But at the end of the day, you can look towards that zero points uh, or not zero points. There's, a, there's some draws out there. You can look at no three points on the road. And you can mm-hmm. say to yourself, maybe that's the reason why he got sacked. 
yeah, didn't get any road wins in, in the first 14 league matches of the season. I guess you're, I guess you're gone at that point. But the the performance against Seattle was impressive. It it, it didn't really garner a lot of rave reviews because it <laughs> it, it turned into a loss. You know, r- when you talk about not being as good, not having the full. When you say our roster is inferior, you're not calling out specific players and saying we have bad players. What you're saying is the overall con- con- uh, composition, the the larger composition of the roster is just not up to snuff with some of the elite teams in MLS. That's just apparent. And Seattle showed that. Look at, you know, Raul Rui Diaz, the goal that he scored to give them the three points. Swiderski's probably capable of that, but he hasn't totally shown a move like that all season. And we need to get better. And MAR style wasn't really creating a lot of offensive firepower, uh, save from Richmond kickers completely pulling a no-show against us in the cup and allowing us to score at will. We haven't really, even at our best, you know, it's like we're always like waiting on edge for the goal. And maybe maybe this is a, a, a next-level move by the front office to get some more excitement and offensive uh, firepower in, into the attack and play a little bit more exciting brand of soccer, as they might say, with more goals being scored for these big crowds that are showing up. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think MAR style was was the way to go and you'd already committed to that. So why would you ch- just change it randomly for no reason? But it's uh it's a, it's a shocker when we, you know, I love JP Perez, you know, that quote you read of him staying positive others in, in our, in our uh, TIFOs group are not quite as, uh, as supportive. The funniest to me was our guy uh, uh, who tweeted that the uh, hell diver 0803. I kind of knew when you mentioned how early it was for other fans to start grumbling about MAR, that he was in serious trouble. Like, you know, that's the next level, like conspiracy minded uh, way to look at it. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you and I were so naive and not realizing it because we were like, when I saw criticism of MAR from other uh, people in the club, I was like, what are you talking about? MAR is the best thing we got going, you know, like you're nuts. And, other people, there's been a small strain of critique of, of his style and his results that I guess was a little louder and more of a crack fissure than I realized in his job security. We won't know if this is the right decision today. We can share our opinion on it. We will know uh, if this was the right decision months from now. And as this season play out, plays out, Danny Brams and I will be here to talk about it. <clears throat> no matter who is in the manager's box on the sideline at the keep, uh, continue to follow the show. We're going to give you updates on all of this. And uh, the one thing I, I wanted to to point out and have this discussion, Danny Brams, was uh, Morgan White, um, at Morgan underscore White, chimes in and says, my main concern is the current players. How are they taking the news? What did they think of MAR? As a newbie soccer fan, I'm disappointed because I loved the guy, but the players matter more. This is something that I am really, really interested in because if some of the players, if some quotes start trickling out of the locker room about MAR's stubbornness, uh, about MAR's unwillingness to break away from his style of play to suit players on the squad. Basically, was he trying to fit square pegs into a round hole when it came to his tactics? Was he unwilling to change 
Was he someone who, while on the outside looking in, seemed like he was doing a good, a good job, but inside that locker room, was there growing frustration from players who didn't feel like they were being put in the right positions to succeed and to use their skill set? That, to me, is the next part of this. If we hear Captain Christian Fuchs come out, what he, what he says about this, Danny Brams, I want to be very clear. What he says about this situation is what the locker room will feel. If Christian Fuchs comes out and says, we are shocked, we didn't expect this to happen, and we'll miss him, I think that will be a, a telltale sign of how he was viewed in the locker room. Now, if Christian Fuchs comes out, the captain of this team says, you know, we struggled, we had a tough start to the season, we want to get more out of this, and we're excited for the next chapter, then I... S- think you might have to start wondering whether he lost the locker room. There's a lot of questions to be answered, Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. Secret code time. Get your uh, Dakota rings out and uh, don't drink more Ovaltine, but start to read some tea leaves for sure about these quotes that come out. You're exactly right. I give the big uh, clap, clap emoji to Morgan White for that, you know, recentering it on, on the players and what's really important here going forward. We are the club. As supporters, we'll harp on that forever. Losing MAR is like losing part of us. You know, it's, it's like, it's it's not, like, I saw one person out there said, hey, we can't be mad at the front office. It's time to support the team. You know, we got to support the club in these times. Like, we, of course we support the club. We support ourselves. It goes without saying. It's not about supporting the club. But the squad is a little different. And they are the, the, the guys that are out there representing us as supporters, uh, faction of the club on the pitch. So they've got to they've got to react and react quick. The, the, the timing of it on the break is kind of nice. We get a little bit of time for the interim coach to come in and mix it up, maybe change some roles, change some, who's playing, you know. Can Derek Jones get on the pitch now? He, he's looked impressive at times when he's been out there. Can we maybe go, go to a two-defensive midfielder system to shore up some of those Difficulties in spring more tax. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm anxious to hear from these players. I'm anxious to hear from Zoran a little bit later today. I'm anxious to react to what Zoran says and hopefully get some player quotes. What you say about Fuchs is dead on. He's the team dad captain, and he will set the tone. There's other voices. You know, uh, whatever might be true about stubbornness and things like that in the locker room and, and whatnot, we, we might try to find out through reading between the lines on some of these things, but just look at the body language on the pitch post matches. I mean, this is a coach who's going around hugging everybody, loving everybody, like his connection with Adam armor, his connection with Brant Bronico, you know, he was, he was, he wasn't holding on to just his guys. You know, he, he wasn't afraid to bench Alan Franco when it came down to it. You know, some injuries and international travel situation helped out with that. But it's not like he was just – he benched T.T. Ortiz we had a history with. So it's not like he was just holding on to just the guys that he brought in. So he seemed like he had some open-mindedness there. The, the say what you will. I, there's a lot more to find out, but I'm just sitting here like, man, we, we lost MAR and – I don't know how much we can get into the David Tepper of it at all, really, because it is just speculation. But I, I got to shout out that what I don't want to see happen, which is what I've loved as a Charlotte FC supporter so far, is the contrast with the diehard Panther fans that I know of here in the Charlotte area 
And you've said in the past, we don't want to become like the Hornets. We don't want to become like the Panthers. And we don't, you know, we want to be our own thing. And you think about like the construction project. We got a friend of the show, Cliff, who, you know, he bought a house in South Carolina down there near the, in the neighborhood of the Plan Panthers training facility, sort of as a real estate investment. And so that's someone I know that's been personally burned by uh, Tepper's, you know, business uh, whims moving left and right and kind of changing with the wind and where, where business is flowing. So who knows what's what I don't want our team to be thought of as on the same level as the Panthers are thought of in the NFL right now at all. Well, the Panthers are the worst franchise in the NFL. Um, maybe, uh, behind the, the Washington commanders, uh, <laughs> but at least they're tied for last in that regard. <laughs> so, uh, if you, if you want, Charlotte FC to be the worst franchise in, in Major League Soccer. Uh, there's precedent being set right now uh, uptown as well. So there's a lot to talk about. Danny Brams and I will be back later this week with a follow-up episode of the Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, keep the comments flowing in. At For the Crown Baby, we'll share the latest news and updates uh, for you there. And before we get out of here, just wanted to just underscore. June 11th, at home against New York Red Bulls. June 18th, on the road at Columbus Crew. June 25th, we get up to Montreal for a rematch uh, north of the border against a squad that that beat us here at home. Uh, Charlotte FC hosting Austin FC on June 30th. The month of June starts tomorrow. The summertime is here. The squad has 12 days, 11 days to prepare uh, for this next match at home under a new manager. And soccer is one of my favorite sports because when something like this happens, there's there's a term, and it's called the new manager bump. Mm. And it's real. It happens all over the globe where a manager gets sacked, Somebody comes in, a new voice with new direction, it invigorates the players, and all of a sudden, somebody like Anton Walks, somebody like T.T. Ortiz, somebody like Derek Jones, who's not getting the opportunity that they feel like they deserve under the current head coach, now all of a sudden, today, they have new life. They get to show up to practice and prove that they potentially belong and they are motivated players as we head into this this new month of June. So the the the, the slate is wiped clear. It's a blank slate and we're going to see new tactics. We potentially are going to see new players and will we get the new manager bump Danny Brams? I'm not sure, but it'll be fun to find out. We're heading into the real teeth of our schedule but before all this had happened this morning some of my talking points that I wanted to discuss coming out of Seattle match were the fact that for all our, where we're at, you know, being somewhat nice for some people, we're about to head into, we've had the easiest part of our schedule so far and and things are going to get tougher with the matchups going forward. So we need a new manager bump desperately. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams back with you later this week for another follow-up episode on this shocking news. MAR out the inaugural coach of Charlotte FC doesn't even make it until June. Let that sink in. <laughs> Man, <laughs> May, May 31st, 
2022, a uh, historic day in Charlotte FC history. I just want to say thank you to MAR for the successes that he did bring here and giving this club an identity and wish him well in whatever's next. I'm sure it'll be successful. Uh, that'll be my takeaway from his time year, his, his attitude, his positivity, and his ability to rally the fans around him. And if I'll say one thing that I know for sure at this point, Danny Brams, is that the fan base is not happy with this move. And the front office, this organization, and the new interim manager has a lot of work to do to get the fans back on their side. And sometimes in professional sports, it's as, it's as easy as winning results. So you mentioned that uh, schedule in June and how difficult it becomes quickly, uh, but it's also an, an area of opportunity. So until next time, John Hayes, Danny Brams, and as always, for the crown, baby.